0: I'm Paul Comfort, and this is Transit Unplugged. Had a great visit recently with Randy Clark, CEO of Capital Metro in Austin, Texas. And my social media post about my visit there scored over 40,000 views worldwide. My highest ranking post ever. You'll find out why as you listen to him talk today about his many projects. His Project Connect vision plan was approved by his board. Ridership is up on his system thanks to the CAP remap program, adding more frequency and a better grid route system. He's building a new operations control center to modernize and consolidate operations. They're breaking ground on a new downtown rail station for their commuter rail, planning for an autonomous vehicle shuttle route in downtown Austin and moving toward an all electric fleet. He's got all this going in under a year on the job. He is moving his transit system forward with energy and vision. I can't wait for you to hear this episode of Transit Unplugged. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America. This is Transit Unplugged with your host... Paul Comfort. I'm Paul Comfort, your host with Transit Unplugged, and today I'm excited to be in the capital city of the Republic of Texas, (laughs) Austin, Texas, and I'm with Randy Clark, the CEO and president of CapMetro.
1: Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to Austin.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me in, man. Yeah. Happy to have you. This this is an exciting place. Randy's been giving me a tour of all the cool things he's doing, and we're going to call him Randy the Tornado. He (laughs) he has hit Austin like a hurricane and got so many things happening. We just talked for five minutes, and he's got ten cool things that are going on here at least, but um, not the least of which is Tacos and Transit, a new show. Tell me about that real quick. Yeah,
1: that's pretty cool. Well, you know, maybe I'm I'm following your uh, great footsteps. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to do when we get here is to make transit fun and exciting and bring some energy. And so I use the system all day, every day. I I've never, I don't drive, I've never commuted outside of public transportation basically in 20 years. And so I thought what a cool idea would be, Austin's world, we're known for tacos. And I mean, literally there's a taco joint on every single corner. Yeah, And I wanted to figure out how to way that we could build our community brand, if you will, with the community and some influencers out there so i'm doing a new video and it'll be an audio podcast but a video podcast as well where we're going to take our service to a person's favorite taco shop and we'll just talk about what they do as an organization what we do how we partner and do it in a really fun kind of collaborative uh, i don't say goofy but you know really community fun way and we'll try to do one one a month is kind of the schedule and so you know, just
0: have fun we'll be happy we'll be sure to share those yeah. with our with our listeners at the program yeah. yeah so randy tell us about how you got here tell us kind of your career background and how you ended up in
1: austin texas sure yeah it's amazing so i grew up in a small town in nova scotia canada and but the joke is i just keep moving further from the no, and there's <laughs> yeah. definitely none here at 110 degrees all summer long. Yeah. So basically, I did grad school, a master's in public administration, public policy, did a little planning work. I went to the Volpe Center up in Boston, you might be familiar with that. I oh, yeah. worked there for, uh, for a chunk of years, a lot of safety, security, transportation, a lot of ITS kind of stuff. And then I got the opportunity to work at a couple of consulting firms, a lot of similar work, uh, especially around 9 uh, 11. I was really focused on uh, security, emergency preparedness then I got asked to go work at the MBTA uh, as their director of security emergency management. Heavily involved in all those type of topics. I Ended up being the chief safety officer there for a while as well. We had the blizzards and other major, uh, literally everything happened when I was at the T, it seems like. Hopefully it wasn't my fault. Inc- we had
0: including the Boston Marathon? Boston
1: Marathon, Marathon bombings. Yeah. We had hurricanes. We had the the winter from hell, as it's called. Right. Uh, the whole subway, everything was shut down for weeks. I was asked to kind of take over what up there is called engineering and maintenance. And I ended up being the deputy COO running, you know, track power signals, facilities, basically, as my wife said, everything that goes wrong because I got woke up between 2 or 3 in the morning every night. Uh, From there, uh, and it was an amazing place. And, you know, when you're part of the T, it's like like playing in the big leagues, Red Sox and Yankees, right? So the best people in the world work at these places. They work 24-7. I learned so much, great mentors around the industry. I got the opportunity to go work at APTA. I worked for Dick White. Who's kind of a legend in our business, so learned a lot. Obviously at APTA, had great opportunities, worked, uh, met tons of people throughout the industry, and uh, you know uh, a recruiter called me, you know Greg Mosier, who half the CEOs in the business have been right. placed by Greg. Right. Called me about a couple opportunities, this being one of them, and I said, hey, worst case to my wife, let's go to Austin for a weekend. It's beautiful in December. We'll have a couple tacos, listen to a band, <laughs> and uh, yada, yada yada. We got the and I can't thank the board enough. You know I'm a i am became a CEO of 40 years old. To me, there's, you know, in our business, that's pretty young for yes. an agency of this size. Yes. And I appreciate the opportunity every day, and I'm committed to just giving everything I got. So that's the tornado part. It's, there you it's go. It's only one, as you say, full throttle. There's Only right. one way to go. Well,
0: uh, I know you wouldn't say this of yourself, but you are already a rock star in our business. And uh, I'm excited to watch your career. I got to see you at APTA and how you, just in a short time you were there, kind of revolutionized and gave so much energy to that organization. And I know you're doing that here in Austin as well.
1: I appreciate your kind words, but to yeah. me, it's always a team thing. And uh, you know, the job of a CEO as I learned, I still learn well every day, is you're there to represent the customer and lead your staff. And that means have their back and try to inspire. So mm-hmm. my energy, you know, some people that it rubs some people wrote the wrong way, and that's how life works. But I look at it, it's all about passion, and I love Absolutely. what we do as an industry. Yes. What we do really matters. Yes. If you're going to live life, you only got one. That's right. You have everything you got. And and as much as I push people hard, I try to really reward people and have fun at the same time. Yeah. So that's the only baby. way to go.
0: That's right. Yeah. You're taking your staff out today. That's take, so, take, so take, nice. Taking of the it. senior yeah.
1: team all out for lunch. Yeah. Yes, Out on the bus. All, of course. <laughs> you know, you got to grow ridership somehow, Paul. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we'll get to that because yeah. you've got some good news to share there. But uh, let's talk about the system itself some. First off, give us a scope of what services you provide and how they're provided here in Austin.
1: Yeah, so we're unique the way we provide it, which is we're a fully contracted out system. It happened probably eight, nine years ago, I guess, some, uh, some Texas law stuff. So we have two service providers on the bus side, MV, and we also have RAPT Dev. IPDF is a little bit bigger than MV. On the uh, paratransit side, we have two contracts, but they're actually both done by Rideright. So it's unique how that kind of came together. And then Herzog runs our commuter rail. Commuter rail is a 32-mile line that runs from Leander in the northwest into downtown, developing pretty rapidly along parts of that corridor. It, it was really built more as a, almost a single track with a couple sidings, and now we're really trying to turn into a much more of a, it's almost like operates like a light rail in the downtown part mm-hmm. versus the commuter rail okay. side. Stadler DMUs, beautiful vehicles. Just, oh yes, yeah. yeah. Well, nice. well yeah. put together uh, railroad. The key is how to make it much, much more productive. Mm-hmm. And we got some really good things. We're working on that now, including a new downtown station. That's a little over thirty million dollar project. On the bus side, a little you know, four hundred and twenty give or take buses. Uh, two what we call BRT lines. Uh, I would say they're a little bit more like BRT light because some of them have transit priority, but not as much as I would obviously like. Okay. The eight hundred and one rapid is so we call that the rapid and. There's one that's an 801, 803, and the 801 is our kind of flagship right to the middle of the city. So it's a north south kind of oriented city, and we carry a little over 11,000 a day on that one. And that's the kind of spine that most people want to develop into a full Gold Star BRT or light rail line. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, ridership? About 110,000 a day. And um, yep. tell us your news. Yeah, we got <laughs> some good news. And then in our business, you know, I, I try to be very. Tame about talking about ridership too much because right. the next month you might have issues right. and,
0: and it's not the only KPI
1: that matters. I actually think right. a lot of our KPIs in our business are totally antiquated and based on a 1970s 1980s business model. Uh, you know, lots of people will shake their head at me saying that uh, it is what it is. I guess, but I think ridership, even cost per rider subsidy, while that, while I think they have value, I don't sure they're as valuable as we used to think they are. At the end of the day, a community wants to determine how they do public policy to enhance mobility. That matters more. So if a city like Berlin and Paris are thinking about free fares for everyone, that means your rider subsidy cost is horrible, (laughs) but the community outcome is amazing. That's right. And if you want to have, more importantly, sustainable long-term funding to do that— that's all that should matter because it's public policy, right? And that fits into there's no toll on that road across outside of my office. Right. Just like we don't pay to call 911 to get fire service. Right. they community values. It's a policy decision, That's right? right. And why is it that our industry has to get rated on financial metrics that other critical services of a real city have to have? I mean, that's the focus I'm after, which is you can't have a real city without a real transit system. And therefore, don't get caught up on every single metric. It's the the outcome of what we're accomplishing. We're connecting people to opportunity. Healthcare, education, recreation, wellness and how do you really measure all that, right? So, uh, but you the good how, news you is, you
0: you would measure it if it wasn't there, the city totally. would fall apart. That's right.
1: <laughs> or you or be, uh, you have higher inequality, uh, worse wellness, yeah, all these other right. things. But, but as you know, no, it's it's hard to measure that in a, yeah. in a succinct way. So, but right, you do
0: have increased right? red Yeah, we <laughs> do, and,
1: and and we should be proud of the work that we've done. And the work we did uh, did was back in June. We called it a cap remap. Full system reset on the bus side. We changed 50 routes. Pretty significant lift. The staff did an amazing job. A lot What did b- you focus on in your rerouting? What were basically the basically Trying to really create more of a grid-style network, okay. connecting the city. Austin is one of the fastest, if not fastest-growing cities in America. Right. It's doubled every, I think, it's doubled in population every 25 or 30 years for 200 years or something. Wow. like crazy. So we're 1.1 million in the city, another million in the burbs by 2040 it'll be estimated to be 4.1 4.2 million mm. literally 100 something like 110 120 people a day moved to Austin there's 70-story towers being built downtown. Like it's just it's it's on fire. Apple just announced their headquarters here. Yes, the other day. that's exciting. It's a never-ending yeah. amount of, and it's a big tech town. Right. So yeah, you uh, got that South by Southwest thing. Oh, it's yeah. You got to come to that. That that's an yeah. experience all all to itself. So what we did is we reset this to try to make it more grid-based to reflect the development that has happened in the last 25 years. Like most most cities, right? The bus system right. was set up back that's in right. the 1960s or 70s, and yeah, you just don't change because politically it's very hard to change. That's right. So I give our board a lot of credit. They took the, the the courage to do it. Is it perfect? No. And now we're doing some little tweaks here and there. We're going to do some more in our January service change. We're also doing some partnerships with there's a local TNC called Ride Austin that's a nonprofit TNC. We do some geographic kind of uh, TNC zones, okay what we call Metrolink to connect people where little areas were cut off, if you will, from the redesign, but they provide uh. connection to fixed route service. So we continue to work through those. But, yeah, ridership has been up every month. So since June, where we implemented it, we're up 2.8%. So again, not, not earth shattering no. like, you know, but put it this way, it's a lot better than the industry was all going down four or five a year. That's right. Most of our growth has been on our rapid. We okay. still have a few routes that are struggling, but part of that is to do segmentation, marketing, figure out which one works better. But we have other routes for the first time in a long, long time. We we have people at our board meetings the last two, two or three months complaining of overcrowded buses and waiting too long because they couldn't get on the bus. And yeah. as a trend CEO, I will take that story yeah. almost every day, because that's a problem i got to fix. That's right. But that's a fix I want to have versus the other problem. So frequency is, is helping? Big time. So yeah. we're now up to 14 routes uh, with 15-minute frequency, Beautiful. two or 10. And our goal is obviously get, get even more to 10 and even faster in some areas. So, so that's a
0: story, as you know, all across the country. Totally. Frequency equals ridership. Of course. And so these routes that were on one hour or even 30-minute headways, where people had to stand there and hope a bus was going to come and
1: looking at their watch, now they can stand there and they don't even need a schedule right totally yeah and you're always going to have the 30 40 minute because fi- we can't have 10 minute or 15 minute frequency right and, not in every route right and especially people are starting to really wake up that land use and transportation go hand in hand who knew right and that's real hard as you work your way south so it's different in new england you know in boston that's a given yes it's a little different as you work your way into texas that nuance of being a newer city and how old ranch sprawl is now it doesn't work for transit and how you have to have a little more density to make these kind of uh, programs work so, yeah, we're working through a lot of that kind of stuff, but you're right. Frequency matters. But different than just frequency, I think the quality of service matters. So everything from a friendly operator to a clean bus to your app working, your, your yeah. swipe card machine, all those kind of things matter as well. And then most important, and what we're working heavily with the city and the partnership with the city has been fantastic, is you got to make the trip time faster. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is have dedicated lanes or priority lanes or queue jumps or bus bulbs. And, you know, we're working on some level boarding. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're working towards a full off-board payment system. So all of those kind of things make service better. So it's one thing to have a bus every 15 minutes, if it still takes 45 minutes to go eight miles, or four miles, that's a problem too, so. So
0: tell us about your board. You mentioned them earlier and the support they've given you. How does your governance work here at Capital Metro?
1: Yeah, it's a a really great board, I'm very lucky. Uh, they have the board we have there are a lot of committed people to the uh how are they appointed yeah so it's a it's an eight-person board it's, okay. it's a unique setup because we have three city councilors from austin uh mayor from a small town like, like a suburban town williamson mm-hmm. county which is a county just north of this county has one appointee and then campo the, the planning organization has two appointees i think i got all the numbers there okay and so it's a kind of the idea is that no one has too much power if mm-hmm. you will but i gotta say it doesn't really work that way like you you know, some around the country it's very combative between jurisdictions. I don't find that here at all. I mean, it's first good. of all, Austin is the, the big animal, if you will, in central Texas. But secondarily, everyone seems to on our board, now I'm not saying there's still not politically, you know, issues around their whole region, but I think politically everyone works very well. And one thing that's really different here compared to the Northeast is this is a not a strong governor, strong mayor system, like mm. I'm used to in Boston. Mm-hmm. And so they you actually look at the staff to help really bring the agenda forward so they yeah, say okay here's the policies we're looking for it's your job we're paying you money and your technical team to come up with the details here to help us have a, a policy debate to move these things forward That's so good. Yeah. yeah it's it's a it's i think it's a really healthy big belief in open transparent government here um very very um it's really good. good
0: tell yeah. us about your funding how does that work
1: funding we're mostly sales tax driven uh so we get a penny of anyone that's in our service district. Uh, we also have some federal grants, Fairbox. Uh, we're working on, we have advertising. We're looking to increase that pretty significantly. we got a big program going on with that as well. But most of our funding is penny sales tax driven. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Now your board recently just approved a vision plan. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, that's a big, big deal for us. This is uh, quite frankly, I would say the number one thing I've is asked Uh, first of all the interview and what I was asked to work on coming here. So, So our plan here is called Project Connect which I love the name because At the end of the day, the part about connect is what's the purpose of transit? It's to connect people to things. And I made this joke before. I don't know if you ever heard me tell this story. But, like, I met my wife on the subway in Boston like 15 years ago. Oh, is that right? And I challenged people to say how many people on I-35 or I-95 have ever met their spouse? And the answer (laughs) is zero, right? Exactly. (laughs) Some people are flipping people off. And and, and on transit, you can actually meet your future. And you can only do that because we connect people, right? And not to be overly dramatic or thematic, but that's what we do. It is. And it's cool. And we should celebrate that. So Project Connect is, A, it's a regional plan. And I would say that this area has never had a true regional plan before. It's had multiple ballot initiatives fail here. We're working towards a 2020. We think 2020 be good. Presidential, first of all, high, high voter turnout. Two, the community is grown so rapidly. People know a solution needs to happen. The politics here have yeah, changed. The traffic here is pretty rough. It's considered some of the worst in the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you came out from San Antonio. So the San Antonio to here corridor I-35 is, I think, rated number six worst in the country or something like that. It's what, horrendous. And it's was, like midnight. Yeah. it's bumper to bumper.
0: When I was driving in last night, I mean, coming out of Austin was a
1: wall of traffic on the other direction. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen, I don't, Yeah, I, I, yeah, but you know, uh, so, and what's the only way to solve that? Transit, right? Right. You can't build your way out of uh, out of out of that kind of congestion. So, and then obviously the environmental aspects of what we're trying to accomplish. Sure. Here, yeah. You know, so, so this plan. You developed you, this. Yeah. Your 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 listeners can't see the map. That right. You yeah. we're at. staring at? But right. they could get us at Project Connect. Well, they can go to your website. Yeah, right? That's right. What's and, it called? Uh, we can go to capmetro.org. Okay. And projectconnect.com. we okay. Will both bring you there. So it's a it's a it's a multi generational. System vision map and I, I reference it and it's really if you look at that map. It looks like a really cool subway map It I'm does yeah Visuals matter, but I look at that a little bit like how we're probably at the stage where maybe Wamada was in 1980 mm-hmm. kind of like oh We know the farts that need to happen and people have to realize you're not going to get everything right away And you know the silver line is just being built now right right and people have to have the maturity to understand You can't get everything at once and you can't pay for everything at once either so the idea is here. What are we going to do? And the, the, probably the number one, two priorities of this—this this, what we call the orange line, north-south link. It's where the okay. rapid line I mentioned. All right, it goes from the capital, like north capital, and so it's UT University, okay. forty, fifty, sixty thousand kids. Yeah, the capital with you know all the state workers, all the way through the central business district and into uh, South Congress, which is a kind of big entertainment area. Yeah,
0: I drove right. through that last night. Really cool. Man, your capital is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I've
1: seen it in movies. It's they really cool. Because it, like it, it looks like the U.S. Capitol. It's the U.S. and, of course, being Texas, it has to face opposite of D.C. So it faces uh, away from oh, D.C. Oh, I didn't know the that. Republic of Texas. It looks even bigger than And it's mean, a little bit bigger. Is it? And they get oh, all I these can... little things where it spells Texas and little light is shining ah, like yeah. nothing. That like, looks bigger than our real capital. I'll tell you, being, being a Yankee, uh, yeah. there is nothing that's not done big in Texas. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a lot of pride here on Everything Texas. Well, We have
0: a really good friend that used to live in Austin and she used to always tell my wife and I, everything's better in Austin.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, well, it's a really cool, funky town. It is, yeah. And the culture, I'm like the only guy on the bus, let's say, that has a suit on every day, I'll tell you that. It's uh, (laughs) it's a laid back, well, because it's like, you know, I combine it's like old hippies, Academia student kind of deal and tech, and you put all those things together. It's very casual. You know, right. a lot of t-shirt, hoodie, okay. flip flops. Uh, the weather, people. You know, we got Barton Springs where people swim year round. Oh it's yeah, really, just cool. Happy hour. I go to. I go to a restaurant the other day. The guy he said the whole time, happy hour. So one to four. I'm like, uh, I, mean, I don't leave the office till six, right? right yeah. yeah. But that's the kind of city we are. So, anyway, uh, the Orange Line is the, the real big north okay. south lane. And what are you going to do there? What's the game plan? Uh, so, the next year we'll kind of make that final decision. Okay. So, the, we've coordinated with the city. The city has uh, what's called the Austin Strategic Mobility Plan, the council will be voting on in March, and that will actually fully authorize us to have dedicated lanes. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, so the yeah. policy position of the council is to take care of like the space first. Right. Then we are doing PE and NEPA. We just put a contract out for the Orange Line today. Okay. And our PMOR, we hired HDR with some subs at the board meeting on Monday to oversee this you know, multi-billion dollar program. Uh, it's either going to be light rail or it's going to be BRT, but we're also looking at what we framed up as ART, which is Autonomous Rapid Transit, and the idea of could we be platooning BRT buses, you know, maybe it's an operator in the first one, but if I'm an operator and I'm dragging uh, a second or third bus with me, mm-hmm. wouldn't you argue I just have a train from a capacity yeah, point of view? exactly, right. And now we're at the technology to probably fundamentally change bus operations forever, and we want to do a lot more work and research on that, and there's some people around the world thinking of those things as well and some other ones domestically, um, some good leaders in the industry think of that as well. So we want to kind of see where that kind of tech can be. Part of this then we have a blue line that goes from the airport down, connects into downtown and would link with the uh, orange. Both would link up with our red line, which is our current commuter rail line. I mentioned. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, Yeah, through there. The green line is another. We own the tracks already. We run freight on that. Okay. Already, we actually have a a a freight operation here. Brings in about uh, this year. We'll do probably six, seven million in operating money that helps offset our operating costs. That's nice. Yeah, it's a really cool partnership we have there. But we're looking at maybe potentially running another commuter rail line there, and then uh, one, two, three, four. Eight, up to eight BRT light lines. And what we're saying light is not hitting the 50% federal dedicated lane threshold, but how do we get some priority, a lot of signal prioritization. How do we get to 10-minute frequency? Uh, All doors opening. Yeah, uh, level boarding, that Mm. kind of stuff on a whole bunch of lines. And we're looking at that. And then the last thing from a policy point of view, the idea is to go for a fully electric fleet. Oh really? All, all, yeah, yeah. And the idea now this year we have to figure out what that date is. Is it 2030? Okay. Is it 2035? So you are
0: not going to go CNG like a lot of other the Texas cities. No, because out. we're
1: already all, we, you know, we did like for instance you were in San Antonio. They're yeah. all in and yes. they've already done that. Yes. So we're at that positional place. And in Austin Energy, this local utility is really uh, doing a lot more sustainable grid. Okay. So we think that there's a fair amount we could do on the electric side, and we're we're working towards that angle. So, that's great. Yeah. So, so it's that, a great That's plan. yeah. It's a it's a big. Uh, now you got something big, to work for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> work for <it>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the vote on Monday was to authorize the, the, this This vision map, got approved. Okay. All the, the most important electeds from all over the region came here, uh, the dais, and supported it. Okay. And authorized us to take this into preliminary engineering and NEPA phase. So that it's is a big awesome. deal for this organization. That is yeah. awesome.
0: You got so much happening. I was talking with your COO, Elaine. Oh, yes. Yeah. And She's uh, great. she was telling me a little bit about, uh, you mentioned maybe doing something autonomous rapid transit. Yep. But tell us what you've already got going on with autonomous.
1: Yeah. So that's the big thing we want to work on, you know, and again, with electric buses, the idea is how to, like platooning, right? Yes, so whether they're fully autonomous, the first step is connected and then right. you get to autonomous. On the shorter, or the, the shorter goal yes. and maybe shorter segment, we want to work on a downtown circulator that is the autonomous shuttle version. Trying to steal a like, uh, little bit from Tina out of Vegas. Yes, you know, right. Tina's killing it and uh, what a great leader she is. Yes. And there's you know, several other people doing it too, but I, I, I look up to her a lot. She's, she's, she's a really good leader in the business. But kind of what she's doing, and right now I'd like to, you know, ideally we have a mile route. Mm. Identified, yeah. and the idea would circulate two roads downtown and it would connect people from our rail station to our biggest BRT station. The convention center, city hall, and the library. Now, the library is like, oh, what a library. Yeah. Well, a library in Austin, Texas, is, is a big deal. The library is built downtown. It was like a 110 million dollar library. Wow. It's almost like a tech incubator that just happens to have a few books left in it. Okay. Right. <laughs> and there's like amphitheaters in there. There's a roof deck. There's a bar. Like you know, nice. It's, it's, a, it's Austin. Yeah. And, uh, but ha- and so it's a big, big community thing. Okay. And the idea is how do we connect all those things kind of together? So. You know, NHTSA put a little hold on all the permits, yeah. uh, which is fine. Right. Uh, you know, the NHTSA, they're, they're supposed to ensure safety, right? right? They're, not, they're not politicians. They're not anything else. They're trying to do what's right. And uh, so they did a good job of kind of reanalyzing that. We're working with them now and uh, actually RAPT Dev on this pilot. And we're going to have uh, up to a couple shuttles testing that. And then if everything goes well, we'd love to get it up to, you know, four to six shuttles to run as close to like a five, seven minute headway. And we want to do that with a partnership with the business alliance of downtown to kind of help fund that and run it as a no fare, just kind of circulator. Right. So there'd be little electric autonomous pods. And what I'd really like is then and then get it all working, make sure it's all safe. And then ideally build that as a true service and have them all wrapped you know, the advertising alone would probably yes. pay for the service right. of your... I'm going
0: to come back down to see that when you get that going. Yeah,
1: and our goal is to get that rocking and rolling. And I again, it provides right. a great community link yeah. and helps further the industry. Because the big thing this industry has to figure out is these autonomous vehicles are great, but they're not acceptable if they're not ADA compliant. Right. Right? And so we can't... There's no sense having someone on board in five years to deal with the ADA issue because obviously then it's just a small little van. So there is no autonomous part. So we as an industry have to figure these things out. And the only way to figure them out is to test them on the road. And we want to work with our disability advocacy community specifically to be involved in the testing and piloting to to make these things work for everyone. That's good. Yeah.
0: Very good. Uh, You've got a couple other cool things happening. Tell us, a lot of people in our industry understand what an operations control center, maybe people that are outside the industry don't, but you are going to build an awesome one here, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's funny. You know, I, again, I was spoiled. I came from Boston, so again, yeah. you're playing the big legs uh, control yeah. center. I've you seen know, it you It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and I take a lot of pride in that one because when I was ran security, that was kind of one of my babies. I, that was okay. my, my project I personally ran. And uh, we're not building that because you know, the yeah. t- it's like mini NASA That's there. phenomenal. Yeah, it looks like you're on Star Trek. It's <laughs> unbelievable, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But when I came here, I looked at... We, you know, we're such a service provider-generated uh, business model that we didn't have the centralized management and customer service focus that I want. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm probably – the sense of urgency because I came out of Boston is – in Boston, a train's late for five minutes. People are yelling, forget – you know Twitter is beep, 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 beep. Where's right. my train? And luckily here, everyone's really, really nice. And I say that kind of in a way where – we need to provide a higher sense of urgency on delivering a service. And the control center is the brains of every real transit system. So we're doing a new a new control center here. We have video from all of our partners, just like most people do around the country. We have onboard video of almost all of our buses and all of our trains. So way more real-time activation of that. We've uh, procured a lot of recent new software. We hired a data analyst to do segmentation, route analysis. Okay. But way more in a real-time piece. And we have uh, these positions now to do full customer communication inside that control center. So something like we did at the T and a fair bunch of other agencies, especially the larger larger agencies where, you know, social media, whether we like it or not, is a driver of our business. And we need to understand that when someone calls a customer call center, they're talking to one person. If someone tweets at us, they're talking to the world. And it needs the same care, if not more care, in the response to make sure that that doesn't turn into something that it's trying to avoid that kind of inadvertent consequence. So we're working real hard on better information management, working with the city traffic, our tech stop partners, a lot of that kind of stuff. So this control center is going to be up and running first week of February. We do a shakeout for about three weeks. And then we're ready for South By. And South By Southwest here is like... Super Bowl type of deal. Oh, yeah. When is that? It's like maybe 7th, 8th of March for like 10 days. Oh, yeah. And it's it's, it's quite a show, but I mean, you got people from all over the world here. Uh, We'll have... We'll have Elon feet. Musk comes and talks oh, those kind of guys yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. mayors of London and right? you know, uh, Michelle Obama types so you're going to have your OCC ready for yeah, that huh? yeah exactly <laughs> it's a really amazing event though that's good and yeah. so you've got we've
0: got a few more minutes and you've got so many things I want to talk about the RFP for the largest bus contract in
1: America yeah well, what's going I, well, on I there think, we think it is uh, okay. we were told by two providers they think it is as well so so we have two different garages currently on, under one is MV one is RFPT dev and we're looking to see what type of Responses we'll get back on an RFP on the street that we combine them all under one operator with multiple extensions to really see how we could not only from a financial point of view of trying to bring in the cost and get uh, you know economies of scale whether it's parts to uh, the management team uh, those kind of things how to better use our assets you know like I look at it, every bus as a half of, you know five hundred thousand dollar asset right and I want that thing to be used to its fullest extent every single day not seasonally or day adjusted because of garage operations right but outside of the financial part which is obviously critical the most important thing is we only do what we do because we're trying to serve the customers right and by separate garages sometimes i think we don't provide the greatest customer service experience because we're those buses may be running on the same street and one could be disabled, and the other one could do pickup, but it's two different garages. So yeah. how to think through a control center, one organized piece. You're pulling it all together. Yeah, just trying to think. And, yeah. and, and we might not execute, but we want we want to see the industry come together yes. from the service provider and give us their best proposals and show us that the combined operation to put all of our eggs into one provider, that relationship will be worth it. So we're hoping that people will really sharpen their pencils and put in how it will impact our customers the best and we're told it will be the it will be the largest service provider bus ops in the country so well so should uh, get some people
0: excited i guess looks like you've got uh, quite a lot to do for the next 10 years yeah. at least to it's
1: gonna, gonna put, be this busy going to be phenomenal yeah. man yeah and that's for so we're going to vote ideally November 2020 on that plan which sounds like a lot of time but as you know it's not a lot wow, of time it's right around the corner to, to put a plan <laughs> of billions of dollars together so yeah no, be, but I'll tell you. The staff here is great. It's a great community. Uh, we're very lucky. to Your be wife here. likes it here. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, good. Uh, she misses the snow though. So uh, is that right? uh, I'm gonna take gotta her, go home. i have got to take her skiing actually for the holidays. But oh, good uh, to get her some snow. But no, it's a really cool place to live. I look at the opera. There's major challenges here, like you say, transportation infrastructure. But I think. The opportunity here is unbelievable because the city is growing so rapidly yeah. and changing so quickly, and we have to play that critical role to move that forward. So. Well, thanks for sharing with us your plans and your
0: stories here at Cap Metro. Randy, we're excited for all the things you've got right around the corner coming.
1: Yeah, well, Paul, thanks for coming in, and keep up the good work. I like what you're doing here. You're, you're promoting our business, which is important. We, right. we provide a cool service, so thanks for doing it. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group, To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.